You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. His name was Alan Gillette. The um, best uh, Pacific Island can get. Welcome to Pint of Football, the nation's drunkest football podcast, where much like the rest of the world, our attentions have turned to the next big international tournament. Roll on the Baltic Cup. (laughs) I am joined by a man who has not had a club in eight years, but he's waltzed straight into this week's starting lineup. It's Tom. I'm here to make up the numbers. He's bold. He's old. He doesn't like the cold. It's Andy Baxter. (laughs) Yeah, I like that. I hope that was genuinely sung at someone. It's it's, it's good. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just kind of imagining like someone taking their like dear old granddad to a football game and the opposition fans going, he's old, he's bold, he doesn't like the cold, it's your granddad. <laughs> <laughs> and while some like to call me the Gulf of East Yorkshire, I prefer to be known as your humble host, Daz. Here we are, ready for what foolishly we thought last week was going to be our 100th episode before we realised that we had nine bonus episodes, which aren't counting towards the title. Oh, seriously? This is the first time hearing of this. (laughs) God damn it, Napton. It gives us more time to see if the celebrity guests I've been contacting get back to us. Tim Curry, Nathan Blissett, the ghost of Darius. Michael K. Darius. Michael <laughs> K. But in the meantime, it's in the mix. And despite the false start of the promise of the 100th episode, the one good thing I can say is that tonight is in the mix, episode 50. Woo! Oh, <laughs> the 50th in the mix, which means we've officially done 50 episodes of nonsense because this is our ultimate obscure 
content where we've done everything. The first one we ever did, Tom, you may recall, about a year and a half ago where we did our hilariously named 11s. That seems like a really long time ago, but yeah, I do I do remember. Yeah. We've also done some countries from around the world stories, which is obviously what we're doing tonight. We've done a whole lot of Wardy. We've done so much Wardy that he's actually... <laughs> deceased since we started reviewing his book yeah i'm 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 starting to be a bit concerned that we killed him who was it was it was a player like a, a, a premier league player that whenever he scored a big goal like the following day a celebrity died yeah it was, it was aaron, aaron ramsley was it what it, it, it happened like, like quite a lot of times <laughs> seriously yeah it was that, yeah it was that year where all the celebs were dying was it like 2019, uh, 2018? No, that was 2016, you're thinking of. Oh, was uh, it? I've got a feeling it was before then. Yeah. I mean, I don't care how logical you are. After it happens the fifth time, you're going to be thinking, oh my God. Yeah. Is, I can't is it score me? again. Yeah, he did kind of like drop off the radar a bit after that was happening. I wonder if he got a death threat from Hollywood or something. The chairperson of the. International Union of Celebrities. Yeah. Stop killing me lads off. <laughs> me lads and I have got together and we've come to the conclusion that you need to stop what you're doing. Can I read something from the Wikipedia? Well, it's not Wikipedia, actually. From this website, um, which has a whole page on the curse of Aaron Ramsey. Oh, please do. It does an introduction and it says, The curse holds... That any time Arsenal and Wales national football team midfielder blah, 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 Aaron Ramsey scores a goal, a celebrity dies shortly afterwards. The curse is alleged to have started in 2009 and is commonly circulated, blah, blah, blah. The following are alleged to have died shortly after Ramsey scored and thus are considered subjects of the curse. What's what? Alleged to have died? Was it never proven? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good point. Then there's a, a big old list of names. Um, but it says during the 2013 to 14 season where Ramsey was at his most prolific, there were no deaths following his goals. However, in 2016, blah, 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 Ramsey, well, was, just, well, that, 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 Ramsey was responsible for the de- deaths of Alan Rickman, David <laughs> Bowie and Nancy Reagan. OK, that's libelous, surely. Mm, I didn't say it. <laughs> Aaron Ramsey <laughs> was responsible for the deaths of Alan Rickman, Nancy Reagan. <laughs> David Bowie. David Bowie. I mean... It, the thing about these things is, like, you know, they start at a conclusion and then work backwards. If you expanded the net mm. to everyone that's a celebrity in, like, every country or whatever, oh, you know, the former mayor of um, Lilongwe in Malawi died after fucking... Yeah. I, I made a jam sandwich. Maybe you're responsible somehow, then. Um, yeah. Just... <clears throat> I'm now I read more of the names on this list, the less likely I am to believe it. Robin Williams, who took his own life, so I'm not sure how Aaron Ramsey could have any have had any part of that. Whitney Houston, Keith Flint, someone called King Kong Bundy. I'm not having it that he's a celebrity. King Kong Bundy. King Kong, like the big monkey. Yeah, King Kong Bundy. Yeah, King Kong Bundy. Was that his second name? He just never used to come up in the films. Is King Kong Bundy like a, a gorilla that Ted Bundy's family adopted and raised as his brother? <laughs> like, oh, me had no idea during childhood that Ted was such a monster. And Aram Ramsey. <laughs> it's hard to say 
who is the bigger monster out of Ted and Aaron Ramsey. It's always people you least suspect. <laughs> Have you looked up uh, King Kong Bundy? No. <laughs> Should he's, I? He's a, he's a meaty chap. American professional res- <laughs> wrestler and stand-up comedian. That's a switch, isn't it? Yeah. Wow. His neck is as big as like my upper thigh. Mm. Dead now, of course. He was also known at one point during his career as Boom Boom Bundy, Man Mountain Cannon Junior, and Crippler Cannon. Uh, died at the age of sixty-three following complications from diabetes. To be fair, for a wrestler in the eighties, that's not a bad. No, you know, no, a bad really, age. Really, it isn't, is it? <laughs> but. We're not here to talk about the history of 80s wrestlers' deaths, although that does sound like a good episode. Yeah, maybe, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll do that as a spin-off, yeah. But no, it's going to be Baxter doing a story from a random country around the world, which was picked after Tom's India episode last week. Baxter, don't mm. leave us in suspense. Who did you get? Unfortunately, I got the Solomon Islands. And, <laughs> you know, it's one of those that when it come out, you think, okay, this is a funny one. It's, um, there's going to be some strange um, stories that we can sort of have a little laugh at, or there's going to be some kind of traditional game or something we can we can get half an hour out of. But pff, I struggled, lads. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> some rounds don't have a great footballing tradition. Um, so I've taken the unusual step of starting at modern times and working backwards because, mm-hmm. as you may or may not know, there is a tournament going on right now. Ooh. I mean, I mean as you know, you've got to pretend you didn't know, of course, but we are in the midst of the 2022 Pacific Women's Four Nations Tournament. Nice. Another tournament um, that I care about more than the World Cup. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Um, it's being hosted in Canberra in Australia, and it consists of Australia, who are hosting it, so it's a good job they're there, Papua New Guinea, Fiji, and the Solomon Islands, so that's nice. Mm. We are recording on Thursday the 10th, and the next <laughs> I game... I thought I was in a police interview for a minute. The time <laughs> is 20 <laughs> <and> 45. <laughs> for the benefit of the tape, yeah. Um, anyway, the reason I mention it is because... At least one, but possibly two more fixes will happen before anyone hears this. So our, you know, fans of the Pacific Women's Four Nations tournament will be disappointed that we're, we're um, we'll be a little bit out. Solomon Islands are playing Papua New Guinea at ten a.m. So yeah, I may watch that. Yeah, they played Australia on the other day and got beat two-one. So there we go. Not bad. I thought it was going to be like ten now. Maybe Solomon Islands have a decent women's team. Don't know. We'll see how the rest of the games go. Anyway, that's that. Sticking with this year, you'll all remember. Oh, hello. Where's my mouse gone? You'll all remember the 2022 MSG Prime Minister's Cup. Because, you know, why wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. It's a one for the ages, that. Isn't it? Solomon Islands, our heroes here, unfortunately lost the third, fourth place playoff to Fiji, which is a uh... shame. How do you say the team that's. Is it. Vanuatu. Yeah. Vanuatu, yeah. They have two teams in this tournament. Vanuatu and Vanuatu B, and I don't really know why. But Vanuatu B 
got all the way to the final and got beat by Papua New, Gu- New Guinea. So there you go. Oh, I remember reading about this. Didn't they actually knock out the A team? Not the fictional TV detectives from the from the seventies and eighties, but yeah, yeah. They, they did. They um they finished above them in the group, and that was it. It must have been an awkward sort of flight home. Oh yeah. The the actual game between Vanu Vanuatu and Vanuatu B was a two all draw. B scored in the ninety fifth minute to equalize, so that must have been a good. They were in the different groups of the Solomon Islands, though, unfortunately. Um. But yeah, there you go. We're not here to talk about Vanuatu. I hope I don't pull them out because this is my uh, this is my peak content. You know what I mean? I don't want to have to re- regurgitate this. Um. Anyway, the one bit of fun information that I found about the Solomon Islands and their football is that all the games in the league are played at one stadium, which I don't think can happen that many places. I mean, I suppose it's that small that it makes logical sense. But when you see the stadium, and I appreciate it's not really an audio feature, this it's fabulous. And the only way to describe it is sort of like a natural hillside that they just sort of thought, well, let's just put a few seats at the bottom of it and open the rest up and let people come and sit there. They reckon it holds about 20,000, this big grass hill. And yeah, I, I can't imagine it meets many health and safety regulations. But that's fine because, you know, it's Solomon Islands. It's four hours away from Australia. It's not many people go there. It, it's mm. I think it's it's in the top seven least viewed, at least, least visited countries in the world. Untouched by the Health and Safety Brigade. Well, that's it. It's PC gone mad otherwise, isn't it? Um, if anyone did want to Google the stadium at this point, it's called the Lawson Tanner Stadium. Yeah, it's named after Mr. Lawson, Mr. Eric Lawson, who was involved in like getting their infrastructure going and things like that. They wanted to call it the hospital ground, which doesn't quite have the same ring to it. It's their sports stadium for all purposes. So if they play anything else there, then you know it's all good. If they if they they ever need a, a, a ground, there's one. Um, there's one there with a nice big. Terrace, can you call it a terrace? I don't know. I am doing. Anyway, sticking with recent Solomon Islands football history, they very nearly got to the World Cup playoff. Very, very nearly. The Oceana group thing to decide who goes on. I, I mean, we've talked about this the other week, didn't we? The Oceana group, the winner of their qualification, go has to play. Is it someone from the South American? Yeah, it changes. Sometimes it's Caribbean, sometimes it's South America. I think the last World Cup, it was actually Asia. I'm Mm -hmm. sure it was like New Zealand versus Jordan or someone. Oh, that rings a bell. New Zealand beat Solomon Islands in the final. So, you know, we very nearly had a big upset there. Um, I mean, they beat them 5-0. It wasn't close, but, you know, they, the fact mm-hmm. that Solomon Islands got as far as they did is, is a sort of um, raised a few eyebrows and, and, and is impressive for a team that's sort of never really done anything. Here's a really revolutionary thought I've just had. Okay. When, the, when they open up the World Cup to 48 teams, surely that region is going to get more than one slot, which means every World Cup, you're going to have someone like the Solomon Islands there. I have a list. 
I have a list on my tab. <clears throat> and I was looking at the teams who Solomon Islands have played against and who they've got their best and worst records against. And then because they've played Vanuatu 33 times and Kiribati once, the stats are kind of all over the place, really. But we could have teams like Samoa and Tonga and our favourite Tuvalu, Wallace and Fortuna. Yeah. Them. Huh. There's loads of fun teams that are going to have a shot of uh, getting there if they open up extra qualification spots. I wonder, though, if Australia are going to come crawling back so they're sort of guaranteed every year. But I think the reason they left was just because they were so fed up with that format. (laughs) Yeah, because basically they'd, you know, beat teams like American Samoa by extraordinary numbers and then end up losing to, like, Mexico or whatever and then not get in. Yeah. There was no like competition or chance to develop the national team really. Yeah, because you can you can you can beat everything in front of you like by double double figures, but then you never really play against anyone difficult. So then, as soon as you face up against like a sort of mid tier uh, South American country, you can quite easily lose, and then all the all, all the work goes to the pot. Mm. That I, that was the reasoning for it, I believe. Yeah, it does make sense, but. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I can't see them getting two spots, really. Or even one spot. Mm. Is the Confederations Cup no longer a thing? Sorry. It says that the the 2017 Confederations Cup was the 10th and final edition. Hmm. I was just just having a look, because other than Australia and New Zealand, I think Tahiti is the only oceanic country to, you know, qualify. I mean, I, I guess I sort of consider the Confederations Club as a major tournament. Well, it's a good warm up, isn't it? Yeah. Pick one's mayonnaise. Quality mayonnaise dips, dressing, and sauces that are mixed with love and flair. Pick what you want. Oh, yeah. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and. 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Solomon Islands have won 13 nil twice. Against who? Have a guess. San Marino. Why would you have played San Marino? I don't know. <laughs> as soon as it as soon as those words left my lips, <laughs> I realized how stupid it was. Fair enough. Um <laughs> well, they've both been mentioned by me already on this show. And um, one of them was on the receiving end of a very famous heavy defeat. American Samoa, uh, and the other one was Tuvalu. Uh, and they also got what's reported here as near <clears throat> double-figure scorelines against Tonga and the Cook Islands, so I don't know why they weren't any clearer, but whatever. 
they have only been members of FIFA and the OFC for, well, 40 years now, I suppose. So it's quite a while, but even so, it's... Uh, relatively. Relatively, indeed. Relatively, it's, it's a decent effort. And their first official game was against Tahiti then, and they got a one-all draw. So there you go, they started well. But then, that's it. They're a bit rubbish since then. They've also, bizarrely, been managed by an English guy. Someone fancied a holiday, didn't they? That's a lovely job. Wait, wait till I get to his managerial <laughs> his managerial career. His name was Alan Gillette. The um, best uh, Pacific Island can get. Yeah, yeah. This he works. Ah, this is I, I, these dates can't be right <laughs> because he he managed in the Solomon Islands in two thousand and four and two thousand and five. In two thousand and three. He was the caretaker manager at Malawi. Right. And then his job before that was in 1992. <laughs> so he did nothing for 11 years. <laughs> but in 1992, he was the caretaker manager of Plymouth Argyle. And someone's just making this up. Seriously. He was born in <clears throat> 1948. How old is he? 70-something. This this is like when we read the Wikipedia article of that guy that managed Laos that he clearly wrote himself. He was like I, the most successful Englishman to ever manage in Asia or something to that. Yeah. <laughs> managed like Laos for about six games, most of which he lost. Yeah. He's also a very sensitive lover. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's Alan Gillette. Anyway, if you're listening, get in touch. Um, there is a standout result for Solomon Islands when they actually nearly did something. And it's mm. in something called the OFC Nations Cup, which I suppose is a, a bit like the European Championships or the Copa, not Copa Libertadores, the other one, Gold Cup, is it? Was it not just the Nations League? No, I think it, it's kind of their version of the Euros. Yeah. When was it? It's been going since 73. There you go. It happens quite a lot. I don't know how often it happens, but there we go. Um, Every six years, the top line of the of the Wikipedia entry about this doesn't really make any sense, and I've read it about ten times today while I've been trying to get this crap together. And anyway, long and boring story short, Solomon Islands got to the final by smashing it in the group. Um, and then because it was kind of the World Cup qualifier, or it counted sort of towards the World Cup qualifiers as well, they had to play in another group, which involved Australia and New Zealand. But somehow, they ended up finishing above New Zealand and got to a final, in inverted commas, which was a two-leg playoff against Australia. Wow. That was pretty good. I, know, I don't know if they would have got anywhere after that, because <laughs> the, the, this page seems to contradict itself. <laughs> it's it says it's separate. Nice research, from... Andy. Sorry, it says it's <laughs> separate. It's separate from the World Cup playoff, but then it also says, yeah, then it also says that the Oceania champion qualified for the Confederations Cup. So I don't really know what it means. Anyway, they lost both legs, but whatever. It was, it was nice for them to be there. A guy called Batram Sori scored uh, scored against Australia, which is good. Mm, they got yeah. beat five one, and then they had the away leg. In Sydney, and then they lost six 0 So that's sad. Uh, well, yeah, with, with the Confederations Cup, it's like I think 
most of the time New Zealand just qualified for it because they're by far the strongest team. Mm. But then there was that one year where Tahiti were in it. I think it was while we were at uni, does because um, yeah. I think we watched quite a lot of their games. Yeah, and I like, definitely remember them. They lost, I think it was 2013, and they lost against Spain about 13 nil or something. But they, they, scored, <laughs> they, scored, they scored one goal against oh, Nigeria and celebrated oh, yeah. like they won the World yeah. Cup. Yeah, I was just about to say that they they definitely scored one because they were all going crazy. I remember I was watching it as well, and um, yeah, it was nice to see without sort of being patronising towards them. You know, everyone's got a right well, to compete. Yeah, it was, it was enjoyable, that, and it was yeah, indeed. That's kind of what I like about the Confederations Cup because, like, I feel that if you're the best team in Oceania, then you know there's got to be some mechanism for you to play against the best team in Europe. I mean, it probably won't happen. You'll probably go out immediately, but mm. you know. There's got to be that's I, I, the club World Cup is pretty fucking stupid, but also how else are Kashima Antlers and Arsenal going to play each other? Yeah, absolutely. Now we've got that out the way, which is me just basically reading various different stats and football results at you. Um, we all remember the 2008 Wontok Cup, obviously. That was one of the best Wonton Cups ever. <laughs> so the 2008 Wontok Cup was a new thing they came up with to celebrate the independence of Hon- Honiara, which is the capital of Solomon Islands, which is nice. You know, why not have a, a nice little tournament to celebrate that? Um, they invited Vanuatu and Papua New Guinea to come and play with them. And they also had Solomon Islands under 23s. Unfortunately, at the 11th hour, Papua New Guinea ran out of money and couldn't come and play. So there's now a three-team tournament, Solomon Islands, Solomon Islands under-23s and Vanuatu. Now, as soon as I got that far through this story that I'd read, I knew instantly which way that was going to go. Can you guess, gentlemen? (laughs) There's a a tournament with three teams in. Solomon Islands, their reserves and another team. Which team of the three of them is going to win the thing? I'm guessing it's the one that wasn't the Solomon Islands. It's the under-23s. Of course it's the under-23s. I can't believe you both got that wrong. After we saw, was it Vanuatu B? When, <laughs> when I thought we can't have two Rezies teams storming it in one episode. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that, that's, I, that happened. I can't um, imagine anything more humiliating. <laughs> but... the, first, the first game was the Solomon Islands against the Solomon Islands under-23s. Presley Futter scored the first goal, and then they just have stopped recording the names, and there's just question marks in their their place, which is incredibly lazy. Presley Futter is a good name, though. I'm glad they they got that one down. Yeah, write this one down. It's a good one. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that, that was that. That's how that happened. And then Solomon Islands and Vanuatu played... Um, to see, I mean, if Solomon Islands had won that, they would have, I don't know, got into a playoff with their under-23s to see who won. I don't know. Anyway, and after that, they decided not to play it again because it was a stupid thing to do. <laughs> I love tournaments like that. Like, you look at it and it was like a one-off tournament that was never repeated. It's not <clears throat> quite as cut and dry as that. It was in 2008, and it was meant to be in Vanuatu. I suppose they thought, well, you came to us last time. Let's let's go over to you. <laughs> no, cancelled it. Stop, sod it. Forget it. It's too much hassle. We're not going to do it. Um, again, citing financial difficulties, so they just cancelled it, and there's been no, mo- no more Wantok Cup that year. 
So they thought, we'll give it another go and tried it again a couple of years later, this time 2010. The first game, Vanuatu against the Solomon Islands, it's going to be a chance for redemption. No. Cancelled. So yeah, they've tried it. They've tried it again, and then that's it. And now they there was another one where they decided to try it as a one-off friendly or, you know, one-off sort of nominal game towards this, and it's never actually sort of got off the ground. They keep threatening to do it, but never never made it, which is sad because it's a nonsense tournament called the One Top Cup. We need to keep it going. Um, yeah, I feel sad for the, the history of such a prestigious tournament. I feel I feel like we should dedicate the rest of our time to moving out to the Solomon Islands and starting up some fundraisers to get the One Top Cup back up underway. Personally, I'm a huge fan of nonsense tournaments. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, con- con- the Conifer World Cup was one of the best times I've ever had at football. Yeah. Which also featured Tuvalu as well. It did. But not the Solomon Islands. No, I'm afraid not. Um, do you want a, a line from the Vanuatu Daily Post? <laughs> yes. Always. I never wanted anything more. <laughs> <laughs> the Van- Vanuatu Daily Post commented that the Solomon Islands Football Federation was preparing seriously for the cup, while the Vanuatu Football Federation was yet to do so. <laughs> huh. So there you go. That's harsh. Just leading them on, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we, we could do it, but, you know. That's Oceania in a nutshell in terms of football, I think. Yeah. Someone was partially <laughs> bothered for a minute. I just think the the, the the logistics involved must be absolutely head-spinning. Yeah. When people go to play in Tuvalu, as we learned in my episode about Tuvalu, they can't go to play in Tuvalu. They can't host a home game because there isn't enough places for the away team to train because yeah. there's only like one part of the island that's big enough for a football pitch which is the oh, wow it's where the air airplanes land isn't it <laughs> well that's 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 not the official um that's not the official football pitch that's just what people <laughs> have done to you know make up for the fact yeah so just quickly before i put us all out of our misery they are currently 142nd in the world Nestled nicely between Burundi and Kuwait. Hmm. I'm not. I'm not sure. I would have put them that high out of two hundred and something teams. I'm just looking up at, this, at some of the, you know, the absolute staples of world football above them, and I agree. They're only seven places below Latvia, which doesn't seem right. Hmm. They do seem to be one of the sort of better teams from Oceania, but that's not saying much. I mean, then there's St. Kitts and Nevis, Ethiopia, Lithuania. You'd think they might have a player or two, wouldn't you? Yeah. Comoros, Central African Republic. It's not exactly esteemed company. Mm. I, I, again, I'm just reading names off a website now. It's a bit rubbish. I guess they probably gain FIFA rankings by just beating the other Dross. Well, they're second in OFC, so that probably helps, doesn't it? Yeah. They're like 60-odd points behind... New Zealand. New Zealand, I, think, I, I believe, were applying or wanting to apply to join Asia. Because they're in just... the same problem as um, Australia, with it just being really boring and obviously winning 10-0 every match. But you got to think from the plus point, at least then it's quite an open field. Because Solomon Islands are never going to get to the stage where they're winning 20-0 every game, are they? So? No, I don't expect they will. 
Give, but, give New, New Caledonia a chance. <laughs> I couldn't see that. Yeah, they're third. I couldn't see what other sports they're doing over there to sort of take them away from playing football. So maybe they're just a bit apathetic towards sports in general. Maybe it's too warm or something. I don't know. Is it, is it warm down there? They call it the Siberia of the Pacific. <laughs> I'm going to do the draw for the next team on the random country generator. Ah, yes. So if I share my screen... Um, is this the one for uh, Mr. Mikey Southam? This will be for Mikey. No, this is... Okay. We'll do Mikey's I'm... first. So I'm going to press random country and Mikey... Your challenge is to find an interesting story from Guyana. Brilliant. Oh, that's a toughie. Yes. <laughs> In the South American region, capital city of Georgetown. Welcome back to Pint of Football, Mikey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And for me, I'm going to press random country again. Second time round, see who it is. Three, two, one. Oh, Christ. <laughs> I've drawn Brunei. Yeah. Yeah, these aren't going to be great episodes, are they? Well, you never know. There might be some wonders we can troll up. Yeah, the Brunei wonder. I think I think we are getting through the hardest ones first. Well, we've had a yeah, we've had a bit of a mishmash really. We've had Croatia, we've had France, some of the bigger ones. Um and then obviously a, a lot of the Really small ones. The first one we actually did was Timor Leste, which you'd think would be one of the harder ones, but I got really lucky because they were the ones that had all those. They were like basically sneaking the Brazilians in and giving them new passports. That yeah, was, was very then, enjoyable. Didn't they change their own rules because they were getting rumbled or something? And then oh, it was silly. It was silly. <laughs> but yeah, so Mikey has got Guyana. I have got Brunei. If you enjoyed Solomon Islands, you're going to love Guyana and Brunei. I wonder if anyone's made a mod on Football Manager so we can play the One Talk Cup. Oh, there's a mod for everything on Football Manager, Max. <laughs> there really there, is. Where you can play as... Uh, uh, you can cut this out if you want. You can play as Retard FC from whatever country that was from. Falkland Islands. Yeah, Falkland Island is like one of their most successful teams is called Retard United or something. <laughs> unfortunate, isn't it? Right. Should we do the quiz? Quiz, 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 quiz. So today's quiz, because it was the announcement today of the England squad for the whatever tournament's coming up. I can't really remember what it is. Oh, I've not it, looked at that yet. So I thought what I'd do is I'd look back at arguably England's worst World Cup since we've all been knocking about, which, of course, was the one in Brazil in 2014 where we finished bottom of our group below Costa Rica. Mm. And today's quiz, gents, is you're going to take it in turns to name a player from that 2014 World Cup squad. Right. You've got three lives, so if you make a guess and you get one wrong, you lose a life. Three strikes and you're out. Let's do a virtual coin toss to see you guys first. Tom, you're going first. Boing. So all you've got to do is name a player from the 2014 England World Cup squad. 
Am I going first? Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Frank Lampard. Yes, you've started with your favourite player. I like that. <laughs> Get it in. Baxter, you're up. You know, the game is, do you go for the easy ones first or go for the more obscure ones that you think have got a chance? you got because... a couple of li- you got a couple of lives to burn. Y- yeah, well, exactly. But you don't want to sort of ruin them so quickly, do you? So what do you do? Do you just have a punt on someone? Ah, dear. John Terry. Was not there. <sighs> Wanker! So Baxter. Yeah, down lost the life. Yeah. Tom, you're up. Uh, Jermaine Defoe. Jermaine Defoe. Was not there. Oh, oh. what? Bad at this. Wayne Rooney. You'd like to think he was there, wouldn't you? And he was. Yeah, he was there. He was in his prime. 28 years old at the time. Smashing them in. Although not in that tournament because we only scored two goals. Um, Noodles. Carl uh, Walker? Was not there. Oh, come yeah. on. Who, who went I've, for this tournament? I've, I've, ugh, I've known since the time. That was way before, wasn't it? So... Baxter, you're now you've got one life left. Tom's on his last life, so you can I've see. Only, the... I've, only, I've only got one wrong. Yeah, yeah, see, yeah. You've, you've got one more wrong guess that you can make. I would say, sorry, uh, Stevie Gerard. <laughs> yeah, or as they called him in Bootle, Captain Fantastic. Ooh, uh, Leighton Baines. Yes, he was there. Well done. Mm. Who will have been in goal? You only managed four between you so far. How many was it in total? 23, is it? it? Yeah, 23. Who will have been in goal around then? Flipping heck. Joe Hart. No, no, no. No, ah, no that's wrong. It's well wrong, isn't it? For goodness sake. Well before his time. The England number one was Joe Hart. Ah! Yeah. Crap. <laughs> <laughs> Right, let me use my uh, my old uh, thought meat here. Danny Welbeck? Yes. This is the timeline has totally thrown me off here. I know. Yeah. I'm ha- I'm having I'm having to think back to like a uh, a very specific time, which is a bit hazy for me to be honest. Oh, lads, <laughs> this isn't good. We should be better than this. We're being uh, real thicky bobos. There's going to be obvious ones that we're just staring at us and we're just not getting there, isn't it? There is Michael some Carrick. absolute garbage in there as well. Fair enough. Michael Carrick. Michael Carrick was not there. So <sighs> both lost two lives. So whoever gets one wrong next is Doesn't the loser. <laughs> right. Let's have a wee Jordan Henderson. Age just 23 at the time. Yes, he was there. Well done. Oh, Darren Bent. Darren Bent. <laughs> <laughs> what? Darren no. Bent. No, he he was not there. He, he Christ. Come was, on, that was quite an obscure guess. He must have been around banging goals in around that 2014. Let me quickly Google what he was up to in 2014. 
because he was definitely not banging goals in unless he was like, what was he doing? What you say? What was Darren Bent up to in 2014? He was online at Brighton where he scored two goals in a year. Yeah, not really banging him in then, is he? <laughs> so yeah, I guess I guess we're with Tom being the winner. Give a, a little uh, we're hey for Tom there. Well, hey. He managed to remember enough about the worst England World Cup. <laughs> I feel like that's kind of Tom's wheelhouse. <laughs> it, honestly, it kind of is. I don't know why it is. That's just how my brain works. <laughs> just to go through the team then, uh, we also had Ben Foster as a goalkeeper and Fraser oh, yes. Forster. Fraser Forster being the Celtic goalkeeper at the time, the only non-English club um Selection at the time. I nearly went for Fraser Forster. That's annoying. Never mind. Yeah. Fraser Forster. <laughs> we had some absolute garbage. We had Chris Smallin, Glenn Johnson, Gary Cahill, Leighton Baines, you already said, Luke Shaw, Phil Jagielka, Phil Jones. It was the all the yeah, Phil's. Jagielka. Yeah. Phil's getting involved. In midfield, we had Lalana. Oxlade Chamberlain, Lampard, you already said, Wilshire, Milner, Henderson, Tom said, Raheem, he was just about getting in there. He was still playing for oh, Liverpool no at the time, yeah. 19 years old, got took to the World <laughs> Cup. Ross Barkley, Stevie G. Barkley went, bloody hell. Yeah, 20 years old, playing for Everton still. And then up top, our strike force was, and I'm amazed you didn't get this one, Ricky Lambert was there. Did no. Ricky Lambert actually go to a World Cup? Yeah, <laughs> yeah he did. Wow. He was playing for, for Liverpool at the time, and he, he went to the World Cup. We had Rooney, we had oh. Welbeck, we had Sturridge. So not, not a great forward line, really. You can see why they didn't do so well, can't you? Yeah. Also, fun to look back at those Ricky Lambert times playing for England. Yeah. I, like that, I like that format of quiz as well. Passing it back and forward until you, you, because there's a lot of right answers you can, you know. It's it's very tense. I enjoy that. Yeah. <laughs> good. Good. I don't well, think he expected us to be that bad at it. Maybe you well, did because no. you give us three lives, but whatever. I think generally speaking, we've been pretty bad at quizzes. Mm. Yeah. As part of our uh, shtick. I say, I say, I say, Daz and Andy. Hello. Time flies like an arrow. Fruit flies like a banana. Thank you. Good night. Up yours. Anyway, here's my impression of Michael Caine testing his hearing aid. Hello? 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 Oh, for God's sake. Maureen! Can you hear me?
Am I supposed to rob a bloody bank when I can't hear a word you're saying, you daft old? Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.